Hi, welcome to the second part of This Week in Tudor History with me, Claire Ridgway, author of several Tudor history books. Now, today I'm going to be talking about a man who managed to serve the Yorks but moved into Henry VII's service without any problems. Um, a man who acted as guardian to Princess Elizabeth, the future Elizabeth I. Another man who was close to William Cecil, Robert Dudley and Queen Elizabeth. And I'm going to be talking about the day that King Henry VIII's death was officially proclaimed, along with the accession of his young son as King Edward VI. First, on the 28th of January 1501, in the reign of King Henry VII, politician and administrator John Dinham, first Baron Dinham, died at his home at Lambeth. He was buried at the London Greyfriars on the 30th of January. Here are a few facts about this Tudor Baron, a man you've probably never heard of. Dinham was born in around 1433 and was the son and heir of Sir John Dinham of Nutwell in Devon and his wife Elizabeth Archers. His father died in 1458, but his mother continued residing at the family home until her death in 1496. In 1459, following the Yorkist defeat at Ludford Bridge, Edward Earl of March, the future Edward IV, took refuge at Nutwell and Dinham owned the ship on which they fled to Guernsey and then Calais. Dinham was attainted with the Yorkists at Coventry for his part in this. In 1460, from Calais, Dinham led two successful raids against the Crown forces at Sandwich, capturing Lord Rivers, father of Elizabeth Woodville, on one of them. He was rewarded by being made Sheriff of Devon and Lord Chancellor of Ireland. In 1467, Dinham married Elizabeth Fitzwalter, widow of John Ratcliffe. He fought on Edward IV's side at Towton, was a member of the King's Privy Council, and was made Baron Dinham in 1467. In 1475, he commanded a fleet during Edward's French campaign. Grants in Edward IV's reign included lands in Devon and Cornwall. In 1483, he was made Lieutenant of Calais and continued in the position after the accession of King Richard III. In around 1485, following the death of his first wife, Dinham married Elizabeth Willoughby, sister of Robert Willoughby, who became steward of the new king, King Henry VII's household. The couple went on to have two children, George and Philippa, who both sadly died young. Although Dinham's sister's husband, Lord Zouche, was attainted after the Battle of Bosworth, Dinham was not affected by the fall of King Richard III and the rise of Henry Tudor or Henry VII. In 1486, Dinham was appointed Lord High Treasurer of England and in or before 1487, he was elected to the Order of the Garter. In 1495, Dinham's stepson was attainted for treason, but again, it had no effect on Dinham. In 1497, Dinham was a commissioner for the trial of James Lord Audley, who was executed. Dinham died on the 28th of January 1501. He was survived by an illegitimate son, Thomas, who was granted land in Buckinghamshire. But his estates were divided between his four sisters' families, as Dinham's brothers had all predeceased him and died childless. A Flemish tapestry in the Met Museum's Cloisters collection 
is linked to Dinham as it bears his armorial bearings and heraldic badges. So I'll give you a link to a photo of it. You'll find the link in the description. Moving on to the 29th of January. Now I'm taking you to the 29th of January, 1559, which is early in the reign of Queen Elizabeth I. On that day, Sir Thomas Pope, founder of Trinity College, Oxford, member of parliament and privy councillor in Queen Mary I's reign, died at his home in Clerkenwell. He was about 52 years of age at his death. In 1556, Pope acted as a guardian for Princess Elizabeth at Hatfield House and handled the correspondence when Eric of Sweden was interested in marrying Elizabeth. Here are a few more facts about Pope. Sir Thomas Pope was the eldest son of yeoman William Pope of Deddington in Oxfordshire and his second wife, Margaret Yates. He was born in around 1507. Pope was educated at Banbury Grammar School and then at Eton. He then joined the service of Richard Croke, or Crook, not sure which, controller of the Hanapa and chief of the six clerks in Chancery, who served under Sir Thomas More. In October 1533, in the reign of King Henry VIII, Pope was made Clerk of the Briefs in the Star Chamber. This was followed by him being made Warden of the Mint at the Tower of London in 1534, Treasurer of the Court of Augmentations in 1536, and Clerk of the Crown in Chancery in 1537. These offices made him an important and wealthy man. In 1535, Pope was granted his own coat of arms and he was knighted in either October 1536 or October 1537. In 1535, he was serving in the household of Thomas Audley, Lord Chancellor, who became his patron. He was a friend of the former Lord Chancellor, Sir Thomas More, and was the one who visited More in the Tower and told him of his imminent execution in July 1535. In 1536, Pope was Member of Parliament for Buckinghamshire and then in 1539 for Berkshire. In 1538, Thomas Cromwell was rather cross with Pope because Pope purchased the manor of Drayson in Gloucestershire, a manor that Cromwell had had his eyes on. In 1536, Pope married Margaret Townsend, widow of Rafe Dodmer, who'd served as Mayor of London. He became stepfather to Margaret's four children and the couple went on to have a daughter, Alice, in 1537. But she sadly died in infancy and Margaret died in January 1539. In 1541, Pope married Elizabeth Blunt, widow of Anthony Basford and daughter of Walter Blunt of Blunt's Hall in Staffordshire. He became stepfather to Elizabeth's son, John. Pope, as a Catholic, did not take an active part in the administration in Edward VI's reign. But when Mary came to the throne, he was appointed to her privy council and was given orders to arrest Sir Francis Russell and the task of examining those involved in putting Lady Jane Grey on the throne in July 1553. In 1554, he took part in examining those arrested during Wyatt's Rebellion. By 1555, the wealthy Pope held 27 manors in seven different counties, much of it gained through the dissolution of the monasteries. In 1556, Mary I appointed him as guardian to her half-sister Elizabeth at Elizabeth's property, Hatfield House in Hertfordshire. 
In April 1558, he was given the job of approaching the princess regarding a potential marriage match with Eric XIV of Sweden. Pope founded Trinity College, Oxford in 1555, following his purchase of the former Benedictine Durham College. He died on the 29th of January 1559 from a fever. On the 6th of February, he was buried at St. Stephen's Church, Walbrook, beside his first wife, Margaret, and his daughter, Alice. In 1567, Pope's widow, Elizabeth, moved Thomas and Margaret to the chapel of Trinity College, where they were reinterred in a tomb in which Elizabeth joined them after her death in October 1593. The tomb is topped with effigies of Thomas and Elizabeth. It survived the demolition of the chapel in 1691 and became incorporated into the new building. In his will, Pope listed many charitable bequests, including money to the nuns of Sion and the friars of Smithfield. Pope may have actually been married three times. According to one source, which is uncorroborated, in 1536 he was divorced from a lady called Elizabeth Gunston. Pope's Latin motto translates to tell your secrets to no one. I quite like that motto. Moving on to the 30th of January. Now, this is the 30th of January, 1520, in the reign of King Henry VIII. And on that day, Member of Parliament, Protestant, landowner and administrator Sir William Moore was born. Moore was the only surviving son of Sir Christopher Moore of Lowesley, a powerful administrator in Henry VII's reign, and his mother was Margaret Mudge. The Protestant William Moore came to the forefront in the reign of Queen Elizabeth I, serving her as Constable of Farnham Castle, Treasurer of the Lottery, Commissioner for Ecclesiastical Causes, Collector of the Loan, Chamberlain of the Exchequer, Master of Swans and Deputy Custos Rotolorum. He was also a commissioner on various commissions of Oya and Termina during her reign. Moore was a member of Parliament for Reigate in 1547, Guildford in Mary I's reign, and then Grantham, Surrey and Guildford in Elizabeth I's reign. Moore was married twice, first to Mabel Dignally of the Isle of Wight and then to Margaret Daniel of Swatham in Norfolk, with whom he had a son and two daughters. His daughter Elizabeth served Queen Elizabeth I as one of her ladies. Moore was close friends with William Cecil, Lord Burley, the Earl of Leicester, the first Earl of Lincoln and the Queen herself. Moore's son-in-law, who was the Queen's Latin secretary, told Moore that the Queen fell in speech of you with great good liking and commendation, willing me to send you word that she did perceive that where the young sort of men wanting experience and trust did forget their duties, such old servants as you are would remember themselves. Moore was also close to Sir Thomas Carden, a man who was involved in Wyatt's Rebellion in 1554. Between 1562 and 1568, Moore built Lowesley House using stone from Waverley Abbey, and the Queen stayed there on several occasions. She knighted Moore in 1576. Moore was taken ill suddenly in 1594, causing his daughter Elizabeth to leave her duties at court, and he never recovered properly. 
He died on the 20th of July 1600 and was laid to rest at the Lowesley Chapel at St Nicholas's Church, Guildford. An epitaph there includes the words, Evermore a zealous professor of true religion and a favourer of all those dot, 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 truly religious, spending his days in the service of our late sovereign of blessed memory, Queen Elizabeth, in whose favour he lived and died. His heir was his son, George, who became Chancellor of the Order of the Garter and Lieutenant of the Tower of London. He was also survived by his daughters, Elizabeth and Anne. Finally, moving on to the 31st of January. Well, that day in 1547 was the day on which Henry VIII's Lord Chancellor Thomas Risley announced the death of King Henry VIII to Parliament. The King had died on the 28th of January. Chronicler and Windsor Herald Charles Risley records the late King's nine-year-old son Edward being officially proclaimed King. He wrote... Immediately, the said lords in their order, with Garter, the King of Heralds, and other in their coat armours, came out of the Parliament chamber into the Palace of Westminster Hall with a trumpet. And their proclamation was made by the said Garter under the King's broad seal, Edward VI, son and heir of our late Sovereign Lord, to be King of this realm of England, France and Ireland. Defender of the faith, etc., and of the churches of England and also of Ireland, the supreme head, immediately under God on earth. Risley continues Also that day, at ten of the clock, the mayor and aldermen assembled in the guild hall in their scarlet gowns, and Clarentius, one of the kings of heralds, with two other heralds and a trumpeter, and so rode from thence with my lord mayor and aldermen to St. Magnus Church Corner, where proclamation was made by Clarentius after the blowing of the trumpet two times under the king's broad seal. Edward VI, with the death also of Henry VIII, the king's majesty's father. And so from thence they rode in order to Leaden Hall by the standard in Cheap to the conduit in Fleet Street, where also the said proclamation was made. The crown had been successfully passed to the king's son, Edward, but the instructions given in King Henry VIII's will regarding 16 executors acting as a council of equals to help his son reign until his majority were not followed and Edward's uncle, Edward Seymour, became Lord Protector and Governor of the King's Majesty instead. Please do check out the video description for links to videos about other Tudor events for these dates. I've done quite a few of them. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can enjoy podcasts on a daily basis. Thank you.